This is David Reed Watson with Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk. Join myself and Cat Critter every Tuesday evening, 10 p.m. BST, 5 p.m. EST, 2 p.m. PST, right here on FirebrandRadio.online. We are Firebrand Radio Online. Hello, welcome to this edition of Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk. We're going to be talking to James Zellinger. He's with a band called 100 and Zero, a great punk rock band out of New York. Sounds cool, sounds cool. We're also going to go back a year and a half ago when I talked to my friend Chris Sheldon with his band Space Giants, and you met Chris when we went to Georgia on the motorcycle, that wet, wet ride. <laughs> yes. Cool peeps there. Cool peeps, wet ride. Yes. I think it took us all night to dry out our clothes. Is that right? Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. My boots were still not totally dry the next day. Oh. They were damp. But you're a trooper. Yeah, I didn't want to complain. No, you, not, not once. I don't think you did once. Good girl. Good girl. <laughs> Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk. We'll be back after some music.
Just heard a block of music right there, and we played all of Cat's favorite stuff because it's Minnesota stuff, right? Yeah, there's some great music here. Who was the band that we just heard? That was that was the Four on the Floor, and their song was Fancy, and uh, they've got so many great songs. But that one I love because you got to check out the video. The video is funny. These guys are funny, and they are talented. They're awesome. They are. And uh, before that. Before that was Replacements, I Will Dare. And that's that your favorite song, right? Yeah, that's my favorite song. That's a, Meet me in a place. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. And then we started off with probably one of my favorites from the album Workbook. It was Bob Mould. And the song was Compositions for the Young and Old. Also, another 
Minnesota. Yeah. Yep. Bob with Mold. his band uh, Husker Du. Yes. So now we're going to have another um, Minnesota native who actually transplanted out to New York. And um, it's going to be this guy right here, which yeah, we did. Yeah, James Ellinger. Yeah. And so we're going to get into the interview with James right now. And we'll play some of his band's music and get right back with you. Right on. Rock on. Welcome to Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk with Kat and Dave. On the phone, I've got James Zellinger from the band 100 and Zero. James, how are you doing today? Great. I'm doing great. How is New York? New York is really nice right now. It's actually, uh, we're in the height of our fall season. So a lot of tourists up where I live, a lot of leaves changing colors. It's very nice. So you're up north of the city. Yeah, about an hour uh, straight north on the Hudson River. Oh, okay, okay. My my brother lives in the Chestnut Ridge area, so that's kind of what Sleepy Hollow area. Is that yeah. right? Or, okay, yeah, not far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it's that time too, Halloween. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> now, tell us uh, now. Where are you? Are you? How do you know Sean? Uh, I know Sean and I uh, sort of grew up together in Minneapolis. I I was in Apple Valley. He was in Apple Valley as well. Ah. Uh, I think we didn't go to the same high school, but we met after high school. Okay. Uh, work, working in bike shops. Um, uh, yes. And uh, yeah, yeah, we just uh, we've been very close friends ever since. Sean's a great guy. I work with him. Um, over at Nice Ride. I'm a bike mechanic myself. So we've got a lot in common, the music, bicycles. What more is there? I know it's a very nice lifestyle to be tied to those two things. It really is. It really is. Now, Kat, my better half here, who's on the show with us, she is a native of here. I'm not. I'm a, I'm, I'm originally from Massachusetts, but she's she's been living here her whole life. And I'm I'm just getting used to it's been snowing. It's been snowing all day today. Yeah, I heard I heard it started a little early this year. It did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're lucky out here where we're you know, it was funny when I moved out here from uh from Minneapolis, it ended up snowing here a lot more than it did in Minnesota for the first few years and I was just dumbfounded. Right. It, it wasn't as cold, but it, we just tons of snow. Oh, wow. Yeah. New York's, and that's, it's that wet, nasty snow too. Very heavy, very wet. Very, yeah, exactly. The shovel breaking snow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So anyway, let's get to the music here. So 100, 107, we were listening um, before I got your EP. So I haven't, we haven't listened to the EP as of yet, but I really dig thousandth time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that's uh, one of our our standbys that we. Uh, I think we. I think that was on our first full length, and we uh, play that at every show, pretty much. That's and and Cat, uh, and you just had a show just recently. Were you playing the Kingston Festival? Uh, we played. Uh, we played. Yeah, O Positive Festival was. Yeah. I think that may have been our last show. We went into the studio not long after that, and okay. um, and then we were, you know, we were pretty heavy into the studio side and didn't have anything really lined up. And then COVID hit, and we've all been patiently waiting. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I you know what you and I share that similarity as well because I had finished all my vocal tracks for our last album pre-COVID. So now everybody's on the holding pattern. All the music's done. We're just waiting for it. Our, we're a little bit behind you. We're waiting for it to mix get mixed and mastered and stuff like that. So the band um did it start did you start it in New York or did you start it out here in Minneapolis? Uh, it was in New York. Um, okay. And one of those funny things where, you know, I, when I was younger, I had all kinds of time on my hands and didn't really get anything going. And then once I was ridiculously busy with, you know, work and kids and life, uh, then I started a band. Um, and uh, it really took off from there. It was one of those situations where I really just... When you don't have that much time, you're a little bit more efficient and more organized with how you plan your time. So all of our rehearsals and shows and everything like that fell together pretty quickly. Okay. That's pretty. And so the band's been around, what, four, seven years, something like that? Uh, yeah. Our first release, I was just sort of looking this up because I always forget. Our first full-length release was June of 2013. So. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. And, and, you know, we played you know probably easily a year before that so yeah we're, we've been around a good a good while nice and and i like the sound i like that raw punk sound i've got a um it's a, it's yeah a, it's, it, great it, mountain biking music i know right yeah and i you know with especially you know hanging out with sean and you know he and i spent uh, uh probably a, an obscene amount of time going to shows at you know first avenue and the entry and other places in minneapolis so you know i had a good breadth of of punk from just shows and then you know growing up kind of more on the metal side and then i sort of you know as a lot of people do uh you know listen to age of coral by the chromags and that was like the perfect transition record to really get into hardcore nice um and luckily, you know, found two other bandmates that are, that have, you know, similar but different enough tastes where, you know, we all brought something a little bit uh, different to the table when we got together. So our sound, I feel like, is a, a pretty good mix between the three of us. So it's Mark, Jed, and yourself. Yeah. Yep. Just the three people. And what, what do the other two guys do? I, I'm not sure what instruments those two are. Uh, uh, Jed plays bass and sings, and Mark is our drummer. Okay. And awesome. I play guitar and sing as well. Nice, nice. Who's uh? Is that you singing on thousandth time, or was that was that? That's that's me. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. It's funny. It's that song. It was sort of, you know, uh, you can get so in your head when you're writing, and I was really desperate to write a one note punk song. You know, short one minute. Let's just play one note and figure out how to figure out a rhythm with one note. And it expanded to two notes, but it's pretty much two different notes through the entire song. Yep. What is it? What do they say? It's a, it's there's only three chords you really need. I yeah. Know, honestly, yeah. and and rock and roll. And now, and we we watched the video for the song Nerver. Now, oh right, yeah. <clears throat> that is fantastic, and I love how you have the camera because one thing I do love about hardcore and punk. Uh, it's more of the artist scene, you know. It's, it seems like most of the artists gravitate that way. 
Now the the camera that you've got revolving around in that video is just it's how many takes did that take? Because I noticed like like the drummer is wearing a mask at one point, and I don't think he could have put the mask on while he was playing. So. No, no, we probably did. I think we probably did it maybe maybe five or six times. The funny thing is, is that, and this is the <laughs> in accordance to the DIY ethos that was shot in my basement rehearsal space and we shot it ourselves okay and we basically took a mic stand and taped like three or four gopros plus a couple of phones to the mic stand and then um jed our our bass player and singer is uh extensively um electrically engineering inclined and he set up a revolving table for the mic stand so we just had the thing spinning around the whole time and we would just you know play over the track you know that four or five times and then we handed off all of this footage which was a lot of footage to um, a good friend of ours um, Mike Arginski and and he did the edit right right that's that's amazing that's... yeah so shot by a mic stand basically it's it's a great concept. I love seeing, you know, it, it, because I, I think a lot of times when music videos come out, they're very much the same thing. You know, that that is very unique. I love I love that. Adds yeah, up. it's hard. It's hard to think of, you know, the different concepts when you're trying to put something together that's both, you know, both leads with the music. I don't like them to be too conceptual, you know, right. and then. Uh, something that's original so it's a it's a tricky line to walk right now where did you guys record your your new album at the new one we recorded in that space which is our my basement rehearsal space awesome um, and you know we again jed is our bass player is a is a really good engineer and has a ton of gear and uh is interested in it to the degree that he really takes it on and is incredibly serious and does a fantastic job he um he recorded the did the mix and then um we had uh shane cheney um who i believe is a drummer for the ataris to do the mastering um and yeah and then it all just sort of came together and it was it was actually quite nice because of because of covid we could take a little bit more time than we normally probably would have Mm -hmm. with mastering and the mix um so it it actually kind of helped us and it takes us a ridiculously long time to get the art and all that kind of stuff together it's sort of our least favorite thing to do because it's always sort of tacked on at the end Um, i want i want to talk to you about that art it yeah. looks like an old silk screening. Yeah, the, I I came across this guy Jacob Gardner who is in or around Indianapolis, um, and I had seen a bunch of show posters that he had done for other bands. And he's just an artist in his own right. And I reached out to him, and we struck a deal. And and I, it was sort of sight unseen. Like, here's the here's the music. This is what we're like you know, whatever you can figure out. And he went ahead and did it. In today's day and age, this is brilliant because it's, you can just stare at this cover forever and listen to the whole album. 
Yeah, that's what we're hoping. I mean, that's what I did when I was a kid. My God, I, I can't I can't tell you how you know burned into my head, you know, rock and roll over and destroyer and you know the early Kiss albums are, you know, <laughs> tracing, getting tracing paper out and you know doing the whole thing. Those are the days. I, I really love doing that. Oh, me too. I, I, I'm with you. We're right around the same age. And it's uh, that was my favorite thing was to stare at. I think when I got the first Van Halen album, I was just. Oh, yeah. Like, and you read and, and you know, the liner notes by heart by the time you've, you know, as many times you read them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be David Lee Roth. I wanted to be able to bend over backwards like that. I never oh. still haven't to this day haven't been able to do that. But yeah. Yeah. That first record when the the four cornered one those images are are sort of burned into memory all right we're gonna spin a song by uh 100 and zero we're gonna go with bow yeah Song was called Bo with 100 and Zero. We're going to get back in the interview with James Zellinger. 
This is David Reed Watson and Kat Crito right here on Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk. You can find us on firebrandradio.online as well. Back to the interview. I um, I love being here in Minneapolis because this is kind of like, I never thought of this as being kind of a music hub, but, you know, when you mentioned those clubs, Kat's, Kat's uh, smile just came on big because she's, she's seen a bunch of shows in this area as well, which is how do you find the New York scene com- in comparison to? You know, it's different. And, uh, you know, it has its little pockets here. Um, upstate where I am, it's a very supportive scene. There's a lot of, uh, you know, good metal punk bands that are playing around. And everybody's very willing to help each other out, which is very nice. Um, we played in the city a lot. Um, that's a little bit of a different animal. Uh, depending on where you play, you know, what sort of response you can get. You'd think that, you know, with whatever it is, you know, 8 million people in the city that you'd have a lot of people at every show. But that is not the case. <laughs> There's a lot going on in that town. So you never know what you're going to get. Um, and it really depends on promotion and all that kind of stuff. The real difference, I think, between New York and, and Minneapolis is, or at least when, while I was there, and I'm sure it's changed since then. It's been a long time. But it was such a fan centric uh place to see shows where you know sean and i and and peter are you know just the three of us which is another biking guy from minneapolis or actually he's from st paul he he'd punch me if i said minneapolis um (laughs) but but we would go out we would go to the entry and not know who was playing we just trusted in the bookers at the entry to to bring good stuff no matter what it was and we saw some phenomenal shows that we had no idea who was playing you know we just went in and and saw shows and had a great experience um you know triple rock the entry the 400 when it was still open um you know all those places were you know like church for us nice yeah it's 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 good to get um I love surprises like that because you never know who you're going to walk in on. You know, yeah. it could, it could yeah. be a total shit band or something so brilliant. And uh, some of the best bands that I've I've ever seen are those that were by total surprise. Yeah, and even the ones you know, like I found, even the ones that were not the best bands, mm-hmm. the enthusiasm, you know, they brought something that was different. Right. Uh, that you know, I remember seeing a guy who was uh, when I was at the entry and seeing a guy who was quite overweight as a as a lead singer, right? right? But he was hanging for at least half of the show from the rafters at the entry. He was just holding on to the rafters and had a mic stand up there and was singing, just hanging on. And it was just one of those scenes. They weren't the greatest band in the world, but we all left, you know, feeling better for the experience. Oh my God! Yeah, that's that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Well, who were your favorite bands when you lived in this area? Um, let's see. You know, the Amrep stuff was really uh, important. You know, Guzzard. Um, uh, you know, they're like I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, God Bullies, Surgery, all those bands that were like the AMREP when they would come through a lot. Um, we'd always see them. Um, I don't know how many times I saw, uh, um, oh, who was it? 
I'm trying to think. Well, I saw the Mel, you know, see the Melvins a million times because they would always, you know, promote the AMREP stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the on the you know the punk side, like way way back, um, the fucking shit biscuits were great. Um, <laughs> you know, there were all those you know, and the and of course all the you know the tree that sort of spawned from you know Who's Purdue and and the replacements, you know. Right. Uh, you know, musically in town was was fantastic, and I think that really got a lot of bands, you know, up and running and and feeling like they could do something right. without being technically, you know, or, you know, proficient. Even though a lot of bands were, you didn't have to be. You could go out there and, you know, down to the point at which I remember seeing at the Uptown one guy playing, and it sort of sounded like he had a distortion pedal and a fuzz pedal attached to a washing machine <laughs> just him and then like a, and then like a drum track behind it and it was great it was one of those things that was droney and was like you know probably longer than it should have been right but right. you know as soon as it stops you feel like you've all of a sudden zoomed back to reality like everybody was just in a trance oh uh, yeah i love that i love that kind of stuff like uh let me see, like droney. I think of like Dinosaur Junior, stuff like that. Or yeah, yeah. And and what I really do love about Minneapolis bands too is nobody's afraid to be really loud. Like the the you know there was a period of time there in the '90s when people got quieter, and a lot of bands were um, you know trying to be a little bit more intricate and maybe over overwork their songs. Right. Um, like in the general public, but even the bands that were even melodic or, you know, a little bit more singer songwriter, they still played loud, which was great. I thought, you know, they're really they wanted you listening, so you you had no choice. <laughs> That's fantastic. So mountain biking, you're are you a mountain biker or, or uh, what? Have you got into gravel? bike riding at all or anything like that? You know, I haven't, you know, my, my riding days sort of ended, you know, in, in the, my Minneapolis years. When I first moved out here, I actually worked for a bicycle manufacturer called Vicious Cycles. Oh, I, um, I know Vicious. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, which was great. It was sort of a great, like I was in sort of a corporate job before and left and, you know, kind of follow my bliss. There's, you know, as you, as you know, it's, it's tricky to make money in, in biking, you know, consistently. Mm-hmm. And from a manufacturing perspective, it can be doubly hard, but it was extremely um, fun and I learned a ton. Right. right. So, yeah, it was nice that way. But, you know, in the later years, we rode to shows all the time. We almost never drove to a show. We would always ride, which was fantastic. So you were like that, that band called Bicycle. Have you ever heard of them? No, I haven't. Yeah, there's a band that they were called. Their name was Bicycle. They were in the Midwest. The, the, I'm sorry. They were in the uh, Northwest, like uh, Washington, uh, Oregon area. And they used to ride their bicycles to shows just like you guys did. And they would have a van follow them. Really? Yeah, that would That's carry great. their equipment. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I'm in a little town. I mean, the town that I'm in now is is quite small. And I could easily do something like that. <laughs> I could easily put my gear in a wagon and play. You know, we played at a place called Quinn's locally, which is 
fantastic. We have a lot of, you know, expat sort of New York City folks that live up here. And, and this club, Quinn's, was sort of taken over um, not long after I moved up here. And the guys that started it were, you know, pretty connected music musically in the Northeast. And so it's a small club. I'm trying to think of what it would be likened to. Smaller than, well, probably maybe similar size to the Uptown, when the Uptown was still around. And uh, we've opened for Shona Knife there. We opened, oh, for, wow. we opened for A Place to Bury Strangers. Um, we've played with Mike Watt here in town. Um, yeah, there's been a bunch of like uh, Thurston Moore's played there. Like there's been a bunch of like bigger names that play this tiny little space just because, you know, the connection is there right. and it's a very receptive audience. So it's really, it's one of those best of both worlds things, small town, but you get some, you know, heavy hitters coming through. I've always loved, uh, uh, what was Thurston Moore's band? They, um, they, Sonic Youth? Yeah, Sonic Youth. I love that. I don't know what they were, were they playing a, a fourth off of each other or something like that? I just loved that sound, that that kind of, like almost like it was out of tune in a way. Yeah, yeah, it's like special tunings. And I love, you know, one of those, we played with the Mesthetics not that long ago, which is, the, which is basically the rhythm section for Fugazi and then this other guitarist. And watching those bands, and Steve Shelley who used to be in Sonic Youth, he played Quinn's uh, at some point not that long ago right and watching those drummers play is just mesmerizing i cannot tell you like to have that sort of front person guitarist basses that are you know doing the drone and the loud and the weird and the expansive mm-hmm. it's almost impossible without having just an unbelievably good drummer and we you know and in our band we're lucky to have that in in mark fast he's fast He's really fast. He's the youth. He's the youthful energy person of our band. He, he's a punk drummer from. He's probably has more. Even though he's much younger, and he probably has more stage experience than both Jed and I. Um, he's played in bands since he was in high school and never, never stopped. Um, and he is. He is very fast and very good and um, and a really hard worker as a drummer he doesn't set you never see him settle especially when we play live there he's never phones anything in he's always completely on top of this game now you've got um on your on your newest album which is called four you've got 14 songs on here we have 14 songs yeah it's awesome but still it's really funny we have 14 songs but it's not i mean if you look at the the times of these songs i think our longest is what 338 we have a lot of lot of under two minute songs on there so it's funny i just got the test pressing like this record won't be out like publicly out until probably the end of november um but I just got the test pressing and there's a huge gap on each side of where we could have added more songs. There's plenty of room on there. Uh-huh. Uh, so even though it's 14, it's uh, it's pretty short, you know, just a lot of songs. Now, um, Kat was asking before we came on the air here, she wanted to know what your favorite song was. On this record? Yes. It changes, you know, every time I listen to it. Um, it's one of those things, and you know, I'm sure, when you start a record, you think this is our this is our song, and then it just then you lose it, and you think something else is our song, and then something else is our song. 
Um, the first song, Give In, has is, is been uh, one that we really, really like. It's kind of all over the place. And the way that this three-piece works, I am not a solo guy. I am not a shredder. I've never been. It, I, it's all I can do to sing and just do rhythm. So really, I'm doing a lot more strict rhythm. And Jed, our bass player, does a lot of what normally a, a, you know, a lead would do on bass. And he plays baritone more often than not. Um, so we can do a lot of the higher stuff. And then Mark, our drummer, is just holding it down. But I would say, you know, it's really, I, you know, the, one of the last ones I wrote was, and it's almost always that way, you know, the last thing you write is your favorite thing. Mm-hmm. I think Bo, which is the fourth song, I think I wrote that last. That was the last one I wrote. So it could be that, could be Given, which is the first song. Um, but it's a pretty dynamic album. There's a there's a lot of different stuff. Even though we are kind of noise punk in that kind of wheelhouse, mm-hmm. there, there are little tendencies toward new wave. Um, there are a couple songs um, like "My Shoes" is a super weird one, um, but you know they all kind of fit. They all kind of fit together. I look forward to playing this on the show. This is gonna be. Awesome. James, I want to thank you very much for joining us here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. And uh, we'll stay in touch for sure. And enjoy the weather out in New York and and uh, keep playing. Yeah. Yeah. And for people that are interested, um, this one, you know, depending on what when this airs, this record will probably be out again right at the end of November 2020. That'll be and now okay and now so uh, one thing I've almost forgot <laughs> it's the most important thing how do they get in touch with you? Uh, you know if you go onto our Bandcamp site one hundred and zero Bandcamp dot com you can certainly shoot us a message through that site um, that would be fine and I believe one hundred and zero at gmail dot com is an email spot that you know people okay. can. And- and that's that's not spelled out 100 that is just it's what yeah it's 100 the number and then and zero the words okay perfect awesome (laughs) thank you james yeah Uh, thank you both i really appreciate it have a wonderful afternoon man all right all right bye-bye bye-bye thank you james that was amazing interview what do you think kat Oh, awesome. Awesome. It was was nice talking to him and getting to know a little bit more about his band, 100 and Zero. Yeah, they're pretty cool pop punk kind of thing. I like it. And his roots here in uh, Apple Valley. Can you say roots again? Roots. Roots. Roots? (laughs) Roots. Oh. Okay. All right. Okay. No, no. I'm I'm cool with roots. (laughs) Are you going to go there? Yeah, I'm going to go there. Just like bags. Bags. Bags and roots. All right, well. Whatever, shut up, Just put me on a leash. (laughs) (laughs) Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk. Find us on Facebook at Rock the Talk Radio. Find us on Firebrand, Firebrand firebrandradio.online. Correct. Ah, Got it. It took me like 17 tries here. You aced it. I aced it, I guess. I guess, I guess. On to the music. Right now, 100 and 0 with their song, Give In. Give in. 
some of my favorite bands and uh, the couple of my favorite songs. Uh, first we played Give In by 100 and Zero mm-hmm. after talking to uh, James Zell- Zellinger. Mm-hmm. A great conversation with him. Yes. And then we played Especially Me by a Minneapolis band called Low. We'll call it Minneapolis band but they are from Duluth, Minnesota and uh, they are a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Spearhawk and me, Minnie, Mimi Parker. I'm sorry, Mimi. And uh, Mimi's the drummer, which is really interesting in the in the oh, really? band. She's she's awesome. And um, they don't come and play very often live, but when they do, it's a treat. You said that they're in Europe a lot. They're uh, they yeah they tour they tour around Europe. They're they're not uh, always in the state or around. Um, I would say once a year, get to see him here live. Well, maybe maybe now we can put this out on the air. Maybe now, because of COVID, maybe they can come down here and come to our studio and play us a song. That would be delightful. 
That would be delightful. That would be delightful. And the last uh, the last song was uh, Very Cruel by Polisa. Uh, Polisa is a Minneapolis band. Uh, the lead singer there is uh, Cheney Lehigh, and um, the band is awesome. I saw them play last year, and their songs... Uh, they played some new music, and they had two sets of drums going on the song. I oh, wow. was like, wow. And this was inside of a, a record shop in <laughs> Minneapolis. Oh, my God. Um, just outstanding music. Love seeing them live. They're, they tour around Europe a lot, too. I am digging this area. It's a lot got of quite, music. Yeah, a lot of good history of music. Awesome. We're going to... Um, Pop over now to an interview I did um, with my buddy Chris Sheldon a little over a year ago. It was May of 2019. And um, we're going to play some music from his band, Space Giants, and get back probably to more Minneapolis music, more uh, or Minnesota music, as you want to call it. Sure. I think you've got something up your sleeve I don't know about. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> Here is okay. uh, here's our interview with Chris Sheldon. So, come on. Tell me what's going on. Give me give me the scoop. Right, give me the well, scoop. Well, so we just um, finished up recording uh, the record. Uh, my band is Space Giants. We're yep. based in Atlanta. We're a, uh, a four-piece American bass guitar uh rock type of outfit and uh, we've spent the last five years working on this uh, record and uh, we have the ability to uh, handle our own uh, recording because uh, our guitarist Jimmy uh, is an audio engineer and owns his own production company oh nice and so he's, he's got a nice uh, Pro Tools rig and uh, uh, good uh, near field monitors Mm-hmm. To mix with, I have a recording space at my house. We have isolation booths over at his place, so we can record at our leisure. Unfortunately, that uh, leads to us being lazy a lot of the time. So it's taken us quite a while to do the record. But um, right, we put right. a lot of work in it and revised and remixed and uh, and finally got it done and just uh, released it this past Friday. Had a gig in Atlanta. Uh, had a CD release party that was well attended and uh right. responses of everybody listening to the record uh everybody seems to really dig it yeah we're proud of it man we're, we really worked hard on it yeah. so five years i can't believe it's been yeah. five years yeah i know yeah we got together and started writing songs um really quickly i mean right out of the, the gate um mm-hmm. uh we have two primary songwriters in the band jimmy guthrie uh our lead vocalist and guitar player right um, and Steve Williams, our uh, second guitar player, uh, mm-hmm. they're the primary songwriters. They come in with the ideas, and then we sit and we we crash around on them for uh, a while and put our own spins on it and change things up. And and uh, so we're kind of blessed in that we have you know pretty fertile uh, a fertile group of guys that uh, have a lot of ideas. And um, you know I always have tons of ideas as well. And our bass player Dave Sith has started writing uh, some tunes now and right. uh, we just finished a song uh, that he wrote and will be on our next record hopefully it won't take as long to put out but uh, yeah, Dave's contributing now with songs and, uh, and lyrics so it's a, it's a good it's a good band um, everybody's you know there's no drama everybody's real good guys mm-hmm. we've got great families there's there's no issues really uh, we right. get along really well together and hang out socially and do stuff uh, together socially as well it's not just a 
you know, what we we see each other, you know, once or, or twice a month for rehearsals or gigs, and that's it. Uh, yeah, we actually, right. we, we pretty much talk to each other every day. So, well, that's fantastic. So now, now, our you're not from um, Georgia. We know that no. these guys no. are they were they were they are they from? Yeah, Dave's originally from uh, New York State. Um, okay. We've all kind of traveled around. Um, Jimmy, yeah, you're from and, Philly. Uh, and, yeah, I'm from the Philadelphia area, and I had relocated to South Florida for 10 years. That's where I met you. No, uh, yep, yep. And I was putting that together. That was kind of a mind blaster today. I was thinking about, okay, I was doing the timeline and running it back. And you and I have been friends for 24 years. Dude. 24 years. That's crazy. When uh, we first got together in Boca Raton. No kidding. And, and and met and met. It was 24 years ago. Right. Yeah. As, uh, yeah and, uh, I remember trying to con you into my band at one point. And just That's right. Actually, we you did, were too uh, smart. Had that, had that, <laughs> that, that uh, outfit called Liquid for a while that we uh, we spent a lot of time uh, in a warehouse writing writing killer tunes together yeah with dane dane bryant exactly dane bryant yeah those are those are good good sweaty smelly warehouse times it was i think i lived in that warehouse for a couple days um oh i'm sure after my first marriage Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh it's been a long time there's been a lot of of states past um through since then yeah, but and you, uh, a lot of bands, a lot of gigs, a lot of uh, highs and lows. You know, life trials and tribulations for both of us. Yep. When I met you, you yeah. had uh, Billy's problem. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that was a, I thought that was a fan. Every band, every, actually, every band you've been in, every band you've done has been well produced, well written, and everything's amazing. And um, well, I appreciate that. Of course. That. I mean, it's I uh, you know grew up with some parents who were real. Hippie, uh, hippie types. Yep. Uh, there was a good stash of, of uh, rock and folk, R and B, um, classical records there at my disposal when I was a kid. Uh, wow. My mom ran around the house singing harmonies to everything, so I came by my love of background vocals and harmony parts mm-hmm. through her naturally. And uh, you know, and then once I I was able to go buy my own records um you know with my lawn mowing money the first record i ever bought was uh cheap trick live at budokan yes and uh i was just i would sit there and look at those those pictures on that double album fold and read the lyrics and listen to those japanese fans going crazy and i was going man (laughs) i want a part of that i want to feel that i want to be able to get up on stage someday and feel that so what a band you through what a band. Through, through uh, you know, all the bands that I've been through, I've had, you know, glimpses. And there's certainly not Budokan-style audiences, but, you know, I've been blessed to be on pretty big stages. Uh, right. Um, with, who was... large crowds, you know, play, playing to, you know, a lot of people and really enjoying myself. I think you, you played... Was she a folk artist? Um, I remember you playing yeah, with... Diane, yeah, I played uh, with Diane Ward, singer-songwriter mm-hmm. from the Miami area uh, for five years. And yeah. uh, she's actually now just relocated to Nashville and she's writing songs up in Nashville oh. um, and doing co-writes in the country and Americana, bluegrass uh, genres up there. Right, which America is huge right now yeah yeah it's i mean well nashville itself is just a really hip place to be so it's a a good spot for all different types of music but 
But yeah, we've, uh, you know, both the two of us have gone through a, a lot of changes over our lives. And, you know, it's, it's good to see you still out there doing it. I was lucky enough to catch you with Kill Ritual here last year in Atlanta. It was good to see you out there. Yeah. Um, still, still hammering out, hammering it out on the road and, <laughs> and, uh, and enjoying some success, you know? Yeah, yeah. That was, that was kind of fun. I was, I, I, you know, talk after talking to Uli, it's like, you know, that guy's 50, 50 years Unbelievable. Can yeah. you believe that? Unbelievable. Yeah, just amazing. You know, just amazing talent and, uh, you know, just tons of, of great records that he's he's been on over the years. And, and here we are just still grinding yeah. it out ourselves. That's but. right. That's right. Yeah, you just got to keep finding joy. And I mean, you and I have had these discussions over the years where, you know, it's, it's sometimes you feel like you're banging your head against the wall and you've got to get back to just the simple joy of making music because... Mm-hmm. If you go after it, uh, searching for some sort of end, and it's more about the end goal than the process of actually making music, at least for me. No, no, that's a very, uh, the, very, the, the, very the joy important part. The joy that leaves leaves for me, and I start to just feel like a robot behind the drums back there. And when yeah. that happens, I know I'm in, a, in, in the wrong situation. So yeah. the key over the last couple of years for me is just and to be with people I enjoy being around. Uh-huh. Um, you know, being in in bands with people who I I respect and right. uh, who push me, who push me to be a better musician and to be a better person. You know? That's that's a great space to be in. I mean, I, I'm I struggle with that myself, and it's you know it's it's you know if I, I think if there's any advice for kids out there is to just you know really love what you do. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the, it's it's hard for me these days to recapture that you know state of pure joy that i had when i first started playing the drums when i didn't even have a drum kit and i was playing on fruit of the month boxes scattered across my bed you know, drumming along to you know that cheap trick record mm-hmm. drumming along to the car's first record on on wax covered uh you know, produce boxes uh, because I didn't even have a drum kit, but I was in my own zone and it was very meditative for me as a kid to be up there with those headphones on whacking away. And, right. You know, right. once I got a real drum kit about a year later, um, you know, and that it, the drums just became my life and became my outlet. And so, you know, over the years when I've used it as a tool for some sort of success or uh, with the aims of quote unquote making it mm-hmm. uh, I found myself having less and less joy uh, in the actual playing so right. it's it's always been a balance for me to to not get so in my own head with the, the individual projects or you know goals of fame and fortune now mm-hmm. with these days downloads you know and, right. and sales online yeah. uh, and just get back to the pure joy of that that kid that 13 14 year old kid up in his room uh whacking away on fruit boxes you know because it's it's really it's 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 futile to even look at that or the downloads or anything like that or even think about exactly. it and get pissed off about it because it's just going to happen and just deal with it and exactly you know if i you know i think i think at our age now we're, we're thinking if people are listening to it and i can leave some kind of legacy then so be it exactly. you know well you know and my my goal at the end of the day is do i put that that piece of product that cd in and listen to it and is it something that i'm proud of 
You know, I've tried with every band that I've ever been in and every CD that I've recorded or every performance that I've put down in the studio. I've, I've, I've gone after it with the intent of, I want to be proud of this when I'm done. I want to listen to that and go, holy shit, that was a great track, you know? Right. Right. Uh, or a great record. That was a great group of songs or, you know, it really captured what we were thinking at mm -hmm. the time. Uh, and, you know, I've been lucky enough to, you know, the last seven or eight major things that I've done, I, I stick in the uh, in the CD player or I put on the headphones and I'm like, wow, that still holds up. It still sounds great. You know, I'm still proud of it. So. Yeah. And you get to uh, I know for me, when I listen to some of the older music, I I don't necessarily listen to my vocal ability or anything like that. I I I. I I, I just get brought back to the time and what was I going through at that time? Yeah, it's, it's more important, you know, it, it, we're not all virtuosos, you know, we're not all Yulis. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, did it capture my energy at the time? Did I, did I adequately, is it an adequate representation of what I was going through at the time? Right. My abilities, my physical, um, you know, uh, abilities behind the drums or my voice at the time, you know, mm -hmm. the stuff that I'm doing now, physically uh what i'm playing is much much better and tighter than stuff i played with billy's problem back in the 90s but right. but you know billy's problem has the energy of that angst that we were going through at the time so i feel that in the music and if and if the listener can feel that uh then my job's been done you know oh yeah i think i think of bands like fugazi and dinosaur jr and oh my god you know the emotion that they poured out it was more that was the most important thing it wasn't if Ian McCabe's voice, you know, cracked or whatever. It wasn't like, okay, let's exactly. do that takeover again. Exactly. No. I mean, then those little, those little uh, flubs or glitches or time shifts. That's what gives you know the music character. Um, yes. You know, pro toolsing things within an inch of their life and quantizing every snare hit mm -hmm. uh, isn't where it's at for me these days. I try to accurately you know put down a good drum track or a good vocal track and we use minimal corrections with that stuff we don't use a whole ton of autotune on our vocals and right. you know we try and capture the the energy and our abilities uh, the best we can at that time and if there's a little bit of a time shift or there's a, a stick hit that doesn't hit the snare exactly in the center of the drum who cares man that's the character of the music and that's those are the kind of things that i used to love to to listen for and right. really right. appreciated when i got to see bands live you know you'd see them making mistakes up on stage or you'd, you'd see them playing a song in a completely different way than you'd been listening to it on the record right for for years and those are the things that really made the, the hair on my you know the back of my neck stand up so. right I, I mean i love bands like rush but you know, you know, they're, they're, technically they're they're amazing, but yeah, I, I love to see the bands that are gonna fuck up, the bands that are gonna, exactly. you know, um, stop a song or or go into a different groove. Exactly, or, I know. What, I love that. I'll, I'll cheer more loudly for that than I will some virtuosic uh, uh, solo that somebody nails perfectly. You know, yeah. If somebody can come out there and admit, whoa, whoa, hey, things were off kilter. You know, right. Uh, well, let's start that one over again. I just saw Adrian Ballou the other night. Oh, uh, isn't he great? He, 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 yeah, he did that. There was technical difficulties and things on stage and, and, uh, he got flustered and, uh, you know, everybody started cheering and it was part of the charm of the show. It was beautiful to see, you know? 
yeah. a guy who's put out so much music and has been on, uh, you know, in in music um, ensembles at such a high level. To see him having, you know, the difficulties that befall us all when we're on stage, yeah. you know, and just go through it, you know, accept it as just part of the, of the of the the show and the process. Was he wearing his trademark jumpsuit? No, he wasn't actually. He was uh, wearing a white T-shirt and uh, pleated black dress pants with oh. uh, sparkly loafers. Oh. He had kind of a he kind of had a a a, a no place like home um, glitter foot uh, kind of nerd look going. It was pretty That's funny. Cool. That's cool. Uh, but played played like a monster. His band is killer too. So so it was great to see him. So I was actually he, lucky enough to be able to open up for him uh, with Nerd Parade a number of years. Oh, I love back. Nerd Parade. It, yeah, yeah. Is the stuff still online for people to, to get? Yes, yes, that stuff is all online on uh, 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 Bandcamp. Um, what? Um, go, go to Bandcamp under NoFi, N-O-P-H-I, music. That's the, the imprint that uh, Randy Garcia, the primary songwriter uh, of that band, that's uh, his own label. And right. so he's got a Bandcamp page set up for NoFi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also go to nofimusic.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and download the, all the, that stuff. Yeah, but when uh, you know we were lucky enough to open up for uh, the Adrian Blue Power Trio yes. uh, in North Carolina at the uh, at the Orange Peel a number of years ago, and uh, you know, he's just a really sweet guy, really really good guy, just a monster player. So if you don't if you don't mind, since I got you here and I got, I got you all night long, and you don't have to sleep, and you're a rock star, you you stay right, up, I'm up. You'll stay up till seven a.m. Anyways, you know, that's mm-hmm. just how you roll. That's how we roll. You've got this is there are eleven tracks on this album, mm-hmm. and I've listened to all of them three times already. When I when I'm at work at, at graphic design, I just put on my headphones. I just listen to all of them. There are some so great. Now. What tell me what track you would like to me like me to play, and why don't you tell our audience a little bit about it before I play it? Uh, okay. Well, uh, one one that's kind of fun uh, that I really like to play. Um, it's kind of a throwback song. It's called Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we wrote it, uh, Steve Williams, our guitarist, came in with that one. And he had it pretty much all fleshed out. But um, we kind of shifted the groove around on it a little bit. And we went like 70s with it. So it kind of reminds me of like an old school Nazareth song or something by Kiss. Ah. It's got a real 70s rock thing with a lot of cowbell. And, you know, I never <laughs> used cowbells. So like, my whole drumming career, I never had a cowbell mounted on my drum kit. And I got a wild hair about maybe a year and a half, two years ago, and got the biggest. I went to Guitar Center and I bought the biggest friggin' cowbell, cowbell that I could get and mounted on my bass drum. And I just started laying into that bitch. Like probably in in inappropriate inappropriate times, but you know I start, I started to have a lot of fun with it, and then that song Chardonnay just kind of seemed like it lent itself to a big smacking cowbell beat. So to play that one, that would be pretty cool. That would be play. great. And without further ado, Chris, tell us what the name of the song is, what the name of the band is, and how we reach them. All right. The name of the band is Space Giants. The song is Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. You can reach us on Facebook. It's probably the easiest way to do it. Just uh, hit us up and like our band on Facebook. And uh, you can also get our music anywhere you buy music. iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon Music. It's out there at all the uh, usual locations. It's in the interweb. 
That's right. It's and you can also stream us on Spotify. We're on Spotify now. We're our own channel. So Spotify. And so That's you right. get so you get point zero zero three cents per song. That's right, man. I'm I'm sitting back by the mailbox every day waiting for that check to come in. <laughs> you so. can retire now. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Take Cindy on a vacation. There you go. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back.
education is from the old new generation. Can we go back through the day? So strange. We're on a charter trip.
Thank you for the brilliant music. Started out with Chardonnay, and the last track was Don't Think Twice. What did we play right before that? That was the, uh, that was a We Are the Old New Generation. Oh, yeah. That's kind of, <laughs> kind of are, aren't we? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Very much. Oh, my God. Is there any no any good, well, I, no, you, I hear you playing some really cool music during the day. Um, that's newer stuff. Yeah, I've got I've got kind of eclectic taste. Yeah, but it's it's good. These are younger, newer artists, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, definitely. That's uh, a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of a little bit of everything, what do we got going on now? What do we got going on now? Yeah, more music. Okay, that sounds good to me. All right, let's All right. play it. Rock on. <laughs> Rock the talk, aka Walk Your Talk. Find us on Facebook. Rock the Talk Radio, and find us right here on firebrandradio.online. Talk to you. 
Trees with the song Talking Bombs. That takes me back to Cape Cod when I lived there a long time ago. And I I was fortunate enough to become really good friends with a lot of the band, Cliff and those guys, and Lou Cataldo as well. Lou right now is battling early onset Alzheimer's. And I know that all the fans of the Freeze out there are definitely have their hearts poured out for them. Before that, we heard Fugazi with Waiting Room. And you've never heard that song before, have you? No, I kind of call them... Punk funk. Punk funk. Yes. Ian McCabe would be very, very happy to hear that. Yeah. Hear that, Ian? Punk funk. And punk then funk. And, and then, then we started out with a song that you love. Yeah, I love the song. It's uh it's sung by Husker Du, um, Never Talking to You Again, and it was redone by Dave Grohl live. We played the live version uh, from the Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl singing. It was pretty nice. I lo- you know what? I look at Dave Grohl and it's kind of like, I mean, you figure Nirvana was like the biggest band. I mean, for people, I know a lot of people bash Nirvana and say, oh, they suck and blah, blah. But for a generation, it was the biggest band. And how do you top the biggest band and create an even bigger band? He's he's an innovator. He's definitely an innovator. Yeah. And he never stops creating. That's what's amazing about him. Yeah. You know what um, doesn't stop creating either? Zeus's nose. I know. He's, <laughs> you got food here, and he's he's right next to you right now. Yeah. He's a good boy, though. He's trying to make it happen. That's... Uh, food on floor, but it, it's not going to. Food on floor. That's a, that's a new band name. I like that. <laughs> So we're going to get back to some more music. We want to we want to thank James for doing the interview with us. Yes. And um, Chris, a year and a half ago, thank you for um, letting me put that out again. Although I didn't even ask him. I should probably be like, hey, Chris, I'm going to put you on the radio again. And he'll dig it. Oh, I, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. Let's <laughs> see. Or he'll sue you, but I'm guessing he'll thank you. He can, yeah. He Well, he knows how much money I have. So he won't sue me. He'll thank you. <laughs> He'll thank me. Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk. This is David Reed Watson and Kat Critta. And uh, we're going to get back to some more cool tunes. Yes. All right. Peace out for a second or a minute or two. Later. You think you know me I wish I did too Cause everything's changing And I am changing too to look back But it's harder to move on Yeah, funny it's a good time for a timeless song I was 
There goes Zeus like clockwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon as the music stops, he starts barking. <laughs> He's like, hey, hey, what about me, guys? Hey, remember me? So what we just heard was back from 1989 or 1988, I forget which, but I had a band called Toe Knuckle, a band that I joined. And a friend of mine and I who lived on Cape Cod, we used to travel all the way up to Boston uh, two or three times a week. I forget. We were young, so we could do it. But I remember he had a Scirocco and we would blaze up there. It was like, I think it was a two hour drive or something like that to band practice. And yeah. He'd be going like 150 miles an hour, scaring the crap out of me. And then after, (laughs) then we get out of band practice at like midnight and we drive back to Cape Cod and I had to work the next morning. (laughs) Yeah. The things we do when we're young Mm -hmm. that we wouldn't dream of doing now. It's It's like, like, oh God, no. Yeah. I'll I'll sleep when I get home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before that, we heard Dag Nasty. No. A funny story about Dag Nasty is um, Pippin's here. Yeah. That has nothing to do with Dag Nasty, but Pippin is a cat, and um, Pippin has decided that he wants love right now, and he's going to come. If you listen closely, you might be able to hear him purr. Anyway, funny story about Dag Nasty. I went to high school with Colin Sears, okay, and he's in Dag Nasty. Now, Colin left small town Granby, Massachusetts and moved back down to D.C. And that's where you know, Dag Nasty took off. So I ran into him at a record store in Greenfield, Massachusetts. Wow. I don't know. Mid-80s, let's say. And I'm like, Colin, oh my God, I haven't seen you in so long. How you doing? And he's like, oh, you didn't know. I go, no, what's going on? He goes, oh, I just got back from Europe and, you know, our band just took off and, you know, we're it's like, wow, good for you. Good for you. Before that, we started off this amazing song. I've never heard this before, but this is one of your favorites, yeah, huh? Yeah, it is. It's uh, highly suspect. The The song is called Wolf. So who is this band? Who are they? I don't know. They're just, um, they came out probably in the last three, four years. That's at least, that's when they, you know... That's when I became aware of them, and uh, this song, Wolf, is how they end all their concerts with that song. Wow, that thing's yeah. great. Nothing yeah. like, it's just guitars forever, you know? Mm-hmm. Ah, mood, you know? Mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, mood. I think that, I think tonight's show is probably about mood. Yeah, we had a little punk, punk uh-huh. funk. Punk funk, Fugazi. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we... We had some local, super, super local stuff. Yeah. We had some, so we had some locals that have moved away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we can't really say what we have coming up on the shows in the future because we haven't gotten solidified. But well, we do kind of. We've we've got. Uh, we're going to talk to someone about uh, some renewable energy, wind energy. Oh. Yep. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah. And we're going to be uh, talking to someone about the the benefits and what can be learned from jiu-jitsu. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, now, jiu-jitsu martial art, that's that's like that passive. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, see, that's, this is he's going to clear all this up. The difference between MMA, Aikido, uh-huh. 
and Jizitsu, which I that's that's my I want to know what the difference between all these are. But he's he's humble. This who we're t- we're going to talk to uh, Mike Ellison. He's humble and he's quite accomplished in Brazilian Jizitsu. That sounds great. Yeah, okay. that's a, it's kind of like a dance, a dance almost, right? Uh-huh. Almost because you you people, it's deflecting. Um, uh, someone attacks you, and it's deflecting their attack with turns, right? And using momentum to deflect instead of you know direct contact, mm. which is kind of cool. You know what we need more of. Um, since the snow's here and stuff and everyone's kind of locked in we need more bands so um, any bands out there that want to be on the show we can bring you right in the studio here um, hook you up uh, unfortunately only acoustic we can't we can't really we're not set up for electric here um, but at least lays it up for the neighbors that's right yeah we'll put you outside we'll <clears throat> no yeah blow everything out I don't think uh, no but anyway if there are any bands out there that want to come into the studio and play and uh, they got a new project we're not really not not really cover bands or tribute bands we really want some original music out there speaking of uh, good original music we've got a band coming in um, in a couple weeks Stormbreaker mm. young guys uh, quite talented mm-hmm. um, they're going to play some of their new music for us that would be looking forward to that that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. That would be fantastic. Um, you know, we've got... Um, this week is probably our going to be our last show. <laughs> I say that because our next show is on Election Day. And we don't know what's going to happen. This is, this is a very interesting time, don't you think? Yeah, what's that? I sent you something earlier. It was uh, you know, it's like that child's book, um, "Good Night Moon." Um, This was a this was a page, the last page out of it. It said, "Good night, good night, Moon. Good night, Zoom. Good night, impending unknown doom, or something like that." It's like, who knows what's going to happen? You know, it could be something really uh, earth shattering. It could be, who knows? You know. Who who would have guessed that what's happening now would be happening? Nobody. So it's hard to say what you know the next couple of weeks are going to hold for everybody. But I'm I'm. This is a, a very exciting time. You know, regardless of who gets who gets voted in, I'm my big hope, my big dream, is that all the people in America come together and not rely on social media so much and just start communing with their neighbors. That's my dream. Mm-hmm. I had a dream. And yet you're here in Minnesota where you see somebody uh, probably around Halloween is the last time you see them until like April. So thank you for joining us uh, this evening and um, you know the next time we see you next time we talk to you next Tuesday it'll be election day here in the United States. Woo! Yeah, so uh, this is David Reed Watson signing off for this evening. Yep, this is Kat. See ya. (laughs) Rock the talk. Later.